Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Oh. 
crib late I'm praying her life got me praying for all states Put some good hands on, I need it for always And beyond being young, she gotta live to see old age Hard watching mama sick, it felt like some cold days I wonder if she saw the paradise like Coldplay I know what crossed your mind when your health ain't all great Fear losing life, I know the feeling too well Wait, heavy on your mind, I was sick, summer's losing weight Had to be a patient, patient, praying to meditate Escaping the music, taking falls in Everglades Ready core ride and memorizing that day, eh? Why heights and thinking of my life in the future days? All my dreams on my mind, looping on replay like I wanna meet Jay and just play around for him. I see him spitting Heineken like girl rhyme again, saying you're inspiring. The blue ivy in them, take it back like hockey jersey, get jeans and butter temps. When I weigh one ten, ten super young thin. When I play ball, I always play Jay before the gym. Hustle music for the hustlers, we both rim rock. His and ties, my retired, double deuce onslaught. 22-2s, I was 22 in Jersey. Tri-State, how New York City connected with my jersey. Your girl game tight, you can say I'm J-worthy. That's double entendre flow, I wonder if you heard me. Got diamonds in my hands, we both throwing the rocks up. It's all net, like the team, yo, shouts to Brooklyn. My sister called me Marcy, this the Marcy Project. Marcy Project's influence, hold it, hold on the steps. On the set, the big dreams in Times Square, New York. Rockin' BB Kings with my team, we spinning the force. Snap back to reality, I'm back in the course. Snap back to reality, recording on boards. It's like, I wanna meet Jay and just play around for him. I see him spitting Heineken like Girl Rhyme again. Saying you're inspiring, the blue ivy in them. Take it back like hockey jersey, guest jeans, and butter Tim's. All right, welcome back. You're listening to On Blast with Vita Star on Black Free Thinkers Radio. Right now, uh, we're going to get into the hot topic headlines. Actually, first, before I do that, um, let me let you guys know that the chat room is officially open. Um, I'm, my bad, I forgot to open it up earlier. So if you want to get into the chat room because people hit me up about it, you just have to refresh. So refresh the page um, where you have your radio uh, play, radio show playing online. And uh, once you refresh it, we can uh, you can see the chat room. All right, so my bad on that. Uh, shout out to you guys who hit me up and reminded me. So, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and get into the headlines. Bruce, are you introducing these headlines for us? Yeah, I could do that. All right, so let's go off with the first joint. Um, so first off, off top, Mozilla's anti-gay CEO steps down after boycotts and protests. So Mozilla's chief executive officer, Brandon Ike, resigned from his post Thursday after an almost two-week-long public backlash against his controversial appointment. Mozilla, which owns the popular web browser Firefox, which most people probably shouldn't be using, just saying, immediately came under fire for promoting Ike, who donated $1,000 to support California's Proposition 8 campaign to ban same-sex marriage in 2008. In a blog post announcing the decision, Mozilla wrote, Mozilla prides itself on being held to a different standard, and this past week we didn't live up to it. We know our people are hurt and angry, and they are right. It's because we haven't stayed true to ourselves. Mozilla believes both in equality and freedom of speech. Equality is necessary for meaningful speech, and you need free speech to fight for equality. Figuring out how to stand for both at the same time can be hard. Our organizational culture reflects diversity and inclusiveness. We welcome contributions from everyone regardless of age, culture, ethnicity, gender, gender identity, language, race, sexual orientation, geographical location, and religious views. Mozilla supports equality for all. 
Since his March March 25 appointment, the Internet company has faced a number of boycotts and protests. Earlier this week, OkCupid hurdled access access to its site in the Firefox browser, urging users to choose another browser and not support Mozilla products. Public out... uh, Wait, hold on. I just lost myself in that. Uh, (laughs) OkCupid is supposed to polish. Rebuild app developer Hampton Caitlin pulled his projects from Mozilla sparking a public outcry for ICE resignation. Three of Mozilla's board executives have also stepped down in the two weeks ICE has been CEO. Wow. So the thing is, to go forward, uh, you know, ICE said in interviews and really statements, certain that as CEO he was committed to making Mozilla welcoming to the LGBT community and that his personal beliefs were divorced from his professional duties. I had also refused to say whether he would donate to similar campaigns in the future. None of his public statements touched on marriage equality or delved into his specific views. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well. <laughs> I, 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 this is, it's, it's, it's tricky because I mean, it's what Mozilla is saying. It's sort of, it sounds contradictory. Okay. I have, I have a point. I have something I want to say about something specific he said that stuck, that uh, kind of stuck out to me. That it, that seemed like it contradicted itself. Well, it didn't make sense to me, and I'll just say that. Well, so I'll, let, I'll let you go first. I'll let you go first, and then I'll go. Okay. Well, this is what stuck out for me. Um, he says Mozilla believes both in equality and freedom of speech. Equality is necessary for meaningful speech. And you need free speech to fight for equality. Figuring out how to stand for both at the same time can be hard. Now, that I don't know. That stuck out to me. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I feel like he's, I don't know, I feel like you can't really say you're for equality and then say that you don't know how to fight for both freedom of speech and equality. It just sounds weird but, to me. But, but see, this is the thing. That's coming from the company. The, the Mozilla wrote, oh, this is what okay. the article says, announcing the decision. And see, that's where my problem lies because it's like they, they say they're for equality and freedom of speech. And and I, I understand that's why they're saying it can be hard, but, I mean, the ballot was up for vote. No matter how you feel specifically, this guy essentially lost his job because how he voted. Now, I may think that his views are wrong, but, I mean, I also I voted for Barack. So am I saying people who disagree with that decision should lose their job? It's, it's, it's shaky well, to me. To be, I, I honestly, be, I have an issue with that. To be fair, that. he stepped down, though, right? It, he did, I mean, he, well, he, you, he know, you know how that goes. When, when, when there's public outcry and the person conveniently steps down, that's sort of asked to leave, you know. That's true. And I just, I mean, I'm but, at perfect, I was actually, time, but at the same time, the same way he exercised his freedom to do what he wanted, the people who were at the table with him were free to do what they wanted, meaning they were they were free to, um, you know, resign. People who, uh, uh, like, you know, websites like OkCupid or whoever else, whatever other company has the right to encourage their users to not use that browser. Um, 
the people who were, you know, who did stop using their browser because of it, um, they were all exercising their right to free speech. And they were all, I mean, I mean that's all they, nobody attacked him. Nobody, you know, bullied well, him. And that's, I, mean, I mean, maybe behind closed doors, maybe. I can't say that didn't happen. But as far as, you know, what we see, I mean, it's, I mean, the people have the right to say something. Like, hey, we're not cool with working with someone who, you know, uh, doesn't believe in marriage equality for whatever, or not even just doesn't believe in it, supported it financially. We have, we take issue with that, and I don't want to work with someone like that. People have that right to do that. I I don't I don't know. This is this is getting because the man donated a thousand dollars to support Prop Eight. He shouldn't be employed in that position. Like I nope. mean, because we I'm, disagree I'm with not, his views. I mean, this is the thing. But this is the thing. The people who sat at that table, because everyone didn't resign, so there were obviously some people who didn't feel convicted in that at all. They were cool with it. They were, or they felt like how you feel, like well, you know, he did something I don't agree with, but. You know, he. I, I don't care if he's, you know, CEO. I'm cool with him being CEO. Whereas other people have the absolute right to say they don't want to work with that person. Even if, even if you think their reasoning is fucked up, even if you think their reason, even if you disagree with their reasoning, even if you do, you have to admit they exercise their own right to free speech, just like he did. I, I just, I just don't like the where, where that's going. Because then, what if, you know, somebody. Uh, supports women's rights, and then you know there's a movement amongst people who are against women's rights uh, as far as life, pro-life, pro-choice. You know, what if there's a movement of those people to have that person removed from their position? Because but no you know, one because for so who religion, had him removed? This is my question. Who had? I mean, who the public pressure him? clearly is the reason why he conveniently stepped down. I, I mean, agree let's not with act that. like okay, Cupid and that. these other companies. But, I agree with that. But how is what they did wrong? If they don't agree with what if they don't agree with him and what and him being CEO, that's their feeling they whether that you agree with their reasoning, the point is they feel like he shouldn't be there and they did something in protest. And it was their right to do so. I don't know. I just don't like the the slippery stuff this goes down because then it's like, you know, I don't know. It just—it seems really. Iffy. I hear what and you're saying. They support, I, I they, hear, they support freedom of speech. Saying. They support freedom of speech, saying. but now because you donated a thousand dollars to this campaign, uh, we really think you ought to step down, player. Like that's not supporting freedom of speech. I, I think a problem. I hear, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear you. I'm not even disagreeing with you, but I'm just presenting the other side of it. I'm just trying to. I'm really just trying to get you to see. Um, how if they they didn't no one did anything wrong. Everyone exercised their right. Everyone exercised their right. So that's what I'm saying. I hear what you're saying. People should people lose their jobs. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm uh, just saying. I get that. Freedom of speech but goes too different. Ways. It would be different if we said we should change the law so people like that should be persecuted. Yeah, you know that's a problem. I hear you on you know I was silly. Yeah, that's, you don't want a policy that says. People can't have their own beliefs and be CEOs. If this was a person who was in a job position and their boss came down and fired them, yes, that would be wrong. I feel you on that. Hello? But, but, I'm but, but, but we know that the protest. 
But we know so the, with the, the protest is so behind it. If OPEC Cupid doesn't agree with them, they should have just said, you know what, fine, we, we're cool with it. Even if they don't agree, even if they feel some type of way about it, that they don't have the right to do what they did. I mean, they could have donated. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. This is business, though. And I think that often. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Curtis just jumped in. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me introduce you. You just jumped in. Nobody knows who you are. Oh, my bad. I was just listening. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> How about this? How about you introduce? Say your name. Introduce yourself. Say your name and where you're from. So then, And then go ahead and. Jump in with your opinion. Uh, hey guys, my name is uh, Curtis. Um, I'm from Cincinnati. Um, and the uh, the main uh, point I wanted to make is that oftentimes it comes to matters of free speech and the consequences of said speech. We people tend to confound what it's the when they say free speech, that means something very specific from government's perspective, and it means something else from when it comes to individuals and corporations are individuals, right? So you can be fired for anything that they feel like is not in line with how they want to be perceived because you represent the company, right? It's just like the same thing. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the Doug Dynasty thing, right? When, the, when A&E uh, rid of, uh, what's his name, um, was saying those ignorant comments, I completely mm-hmm. disagree with doing that. And the reason why I disagree with that is because I don't think anybody should ever be censored, ever. You know what I'm saying? If they, if they say something, then they have the right to say it, but no one has a right to a specific consequence for that action. So if you say the wrong thing at work and they fire you, that's well in their rights to do that. I understand because you signed on to represent the company. Like when you sign that paperwork, you are an agent of the company now. I understand that, but my issue is I think we just have to consider that, yeah, that's perfectly fine when your opinion is the popular and viewed to be right opinion. We have to understand that these same situations are in turn flipped, and there are other situations where, you know, we as a people are pressured because we don't represent the popular opinion, and things that we stand behind or things that we are attached to aren't as mainstream as some people would like it to be. So I just mm-hmm. I, I try to, to, to ease off of things even when I clearly disagree because there's going to be times where, you know, I may feel a certain way and I may feel that way because where I come from and my beliefs and things of that nature, and if it's not mainstream America's opinion and mainstream America is normally not us, then I may have to deal with certain issues because of that. So I, I, Well, yeah, I that's true, but, you know, before a company, though, you know what I'm saying? You deliberately signed up for this company under the pretense that you agreed with their company's morals, values, and precepts. If, if they find out, in fact, that you don't agree with them, that's a different story, is it not? So you can believe whatever you want it, in your own time, though. It, it is, but the thing is, you know, he, he was, it's politics. He, like, so can a company then in turn say, okay, well, you didn't support Barack, so... We don't think you should be in charge. I heard he voted Republican. It's it's just it's I'm I'm not in favor of that. I mean, I don't agree you, with okay. it from an ethical right, perspective, guys. but I can understand. Okay, um, we have to move on to the next one. I'm sorry, because this really is an interesting point and interesting oh, topic. Good. It's a good topic. And I know that yeah. there are you know 
points that we want to um, bring in. And I'm sure there are other points that we didn't get a chance to bring in because I had some of my own. But uh, in the chat room, Claudia says, freedom of speech does not equal funding efforts and policies that limit other people's rights. And uh, that's in the chat room. Bruce, you want to give us the next one? Uh, so we're going to go with uh, study shows one in three American children have high cholesterol. So it's still with, you know, current students and what we eat. One of the largest studies of its kind finds that nearly one in three American children between the ages of 9 and 11 has either high cholesterol or borderline high cholesterol, raising their risk for developing cardiovascular diseases later in life and underscoring the need to screen kids' cholesterol levels. Researchers with the Texas Children's Hospital analyzed data from 12,712 pediatric medical records and found that a full 30% of these children had elevated cholesterol levels. Boys were more likely to have higher levels of harmful cholesterol than girls, and obese children were also more likely to have higher cholesterol. The young, ages, the young age at which these children are forming high cholesterol levels is concerning because it could lead to heart conditions later on in life. For instance, atherosclerosis, <laughs> a hardening of the arteries has been found to take root at a young age among certain patients. We know that higher yeah. levels of and cumulative exposure to high cholesterol is associated with the development and severity of atherosclerosis, <laughs> said lead study author Dr. <laughs> Tommy Siri. If we can identify and work to lower cholesterol in children, we can potentially make a positive impact by stalling vascular changes and reducing the chance of future disease. The high, the high cholesterol levels are even more dangerous for children with obesity, although a recent report indicated that childhood abuse, obesity rates dropped significantly over the last decade. Some experts have suggested that the findings are overblown and pointed out that overall American obesity rates remain quite high. The study authors say their findings underscore the need for screening children's cholesterol is preventative measure and emphasize that healthy diet and exercise are the two best ways for children to preserve their heart health. Kids need to have their cholesterol panel checked at some point during this time frame, 9 to 11 years old, said Siri. In doing so, it presents the perfect opportunity for, clinici for clinicians and parents to discuss the importance of healthy lifestyle choices on cardiovascular health. Our findings give a compelling reason to screen all kids' blood cholesterol. See, so I, one of the things that, go ahead. I was, I'm going to just give my comment on that. Um, I, it bugs me that, I mean, I, I get that they do need to screen all kids for blood cholesterol, and, I, and this is a strong argument for making sure that all children are getting screened because a lot of them, they don't, they don't screen you for that until a lot later. Um, so I do think that's important, but that's not a solution. Like, this is a public health concern, 30%. 30% of these kids in their study had high cholesterol. That's a pretty high number for children. Like, what the fuck are kids eating? <laughs> you know? Well, kids, like, are, what is kids, are eating the, kids are eating the same things adults are eating. And exactly. Like, exactly. Like, like you said earlier, all of America is having these issues. It's not just the children. But the, it's concerning because if you have these kids having high cholesterol now, that definitely increases the number of people who are going to suffer from heart disease later. You're definitely which affects uh, the healthcare system. Which is, <laughs> that's the reason we can't have so universal healthcare. But you know what? Prevention is an important part of that. 
I mean, what I'm saying here is that this is the fact this should be an indicator amongst all the other indicators, including high obesity rates, including high uh, heart disease rates, including high diabetes rates, you know, including all those other numbers, you know, um, in America, uh, as far as a larger population, including that, let's factor in the fact that we have these children eating this garbage. There's something wrong with the food. I mean, that's just what it is. We have entirely too much garbage. We have entirely too many fast food. People live a sedentary lifestyle, too. What'd you say? People aren't nowhere near as active as they used to be either with with the ability to buy more calories on a uh, on a decreased amount of money, like you know, so it's a right. you know, it's a lot of things. To, not to mention what goes into processed foods. Like it's a whole list of things. We're not even gonna get into corn subsidies either. It's a lot. You know what I mean? So. No, you're absolutely right. You're you're absolutely right. Um, Bruce, you want to get to the next one before we uh, have to transition? All right, I'm going to skip to this one. Black Twitter schools Marie <laughs> Claire it. on cornrows. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I, I had I had to go here because I have a, a a serious issue with this, other than just the obvious issue that everybody else has. So Marie Claire got a lesson in hair today via Black Twitter, and I'll speak on that later. Earlier this afternoon, the fashion magazine tweeted a photo of Kendall Jenner supporting a few cornrows on the side of her head. And there's a picture of Kendall Jenner. Uh, you'd think the person behind Marie Claire's Twitter account had never seen cornrows until a young member of the Kardashian clan sported them. Or maybe they actually think the ilk who think Bo Derek invited, inv- invented this hairstyle. So there's a picture of Kendall Jenner, um, one of the Kardashians. I don't keep up with them. But, uh, and it says, Kendall Jenner takes bold braids to a new epic level. So, yeah, in true comedy fashion, Black Twitter read the magazine its version of the Riot Act. So there's a bunch of tweets from these people who are in Black Twitter, and they're stating their opinion. So I'll just read a couple of them. Uh, but uh, Preston Mitchum says, Thanks to Marie Claire and Kendall Jenner for inviting bold braids. I have never seen these before in my entire life. Hashtag groundbreaking. So then uh, let's skip to another one. Build the fire. White girl braids part of her hair, and Marie Claire claims she took braids to a whole new level. Fights air. And so then Marie Claire goes on to apologize. Uh, then from their Twitter, they said, we didn't mean to offend or imply that cornrows were new. Our tweet was poorly worded. Then they said, we thought her hair looked great and recognized women have been styling their hair like this for ages. So Okay. First of all, all right, first of all, yeah, it was definitely stupid. Like, it was definitely a stupid, like, you know, thing to say for her hairstyle. But I have a major problem with this whole black Twitter thing. Okay, before you get into, wait, 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 wait. Before you get into your black Twitter rant, let's talk about what happened first. Okay. As far as, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that first. So, the thing that makes this funny to me, outside of it being a part of black Twitter, um, this is something that Bruce has an issue with, as you can probably. My issue with it was, well, I thought it was funny. Because it wasn't, I wasn't angry or anything like that. I was just like, really? 
Y'all still doing this shit. It's 2014. Y'all still doing this shit. Come on. Like, come on. That's what I was thinking. And when I started to see the memes and the pictures and all of that, I thought most of them were really funny because they clowned the shit out of Marie Claire. Um, and this has happened before. Like, this isn't the first time some white thing, you know, some white woman was sported doing something that black women have been doing forever. That's not the first time that happened. And so I thought it was funny to um, have a social media forum where you could, you know, you can do that now. They do that shit in magazines all the time. That's how Bo Derek got credited for those damn cornrows in the first place. So the fact that now we have social media, when they try to pull a Bo Derek on us, we can nip that shit in the bud, or people can, you know? So I thought that was interesting. Um, Bruce, you want to go ahead? <laughs> well, or just, uh, just to stay on this subject before I, I go off, um, realistically, who's reading Marie Claire? I mean, I mean, I'm, I know I'm a male, but I've never heard of this shit. So, like, clearly, if it's a top magazine, Bruce, it's a top. Uh, among who? Yeah, it is. Among who? Because it's, 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 it's like a, a sizable like, portion of the U.S. population. I mean, yeah, a sizable portion of the U.S. population is white. If they got Kendall Jenner in there, like I'm not interested. Like so, like of course they're they're backwards and don't know what they're talking about. I'm not really. Surprised. I didn't even take it like that personally. I thought oh, they no. I, like I thought the lady was uh, when I first saw it. I thought it was realistic hyperbole. I, I didn't even get that notion from that one thing that that one sentence that that's what she was trying to do the first time I saw it. I, and honestly, really, I was thought my first that reaction, my first reaction that was wasn't really mine up. when I saw it. Uh, like when you say uh, epic new heights, I I, think, I thought that it was verbally. I didn't think she lit it. When I read that, I didn't get all. Oh, I literally think that this is new. Hard time believing a journalist of any race and of any kind with Google in 2014 aren't aware <laughs> of hairstyles. I just didn't like the the. It could be true, it could be, but what's likely? And I didn't think that that was likely, so I, I didn't react so that way the first time gave, I saw it. You gave that. You basically you gave her the benefit of the doubt, and you were like, "Can't nobody just be this dumb." That's what it sounded like you're saying. And see, and even then, I didn't, I, even the wording, when I looked at the wording, I didn't even think that the wording implied that. Like, I thought it was hyperbole. Like, I didn't think that she was saying, like, oh, this shit just came out. This bitch got it. I didn't think that she said it like that, you know, And that's the thing. And, see, that speaks to my problem with black Twitter because, no, that's not what you felt because black Twitter said that that's what she meant. So, and it's like this whole label of black Twitter like I'm sorry, what? you people no, don't see no, for no, me. No, 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 no. First of all, first of all, I didn't even see. All I saw was the Marie Claire. Somebody had just t- retweeted the Marie Claire picture. I didn't even know that I, people had went in on it. And so actually, I went on Facebook. I didn't see the tweet either. I saw the tweet. I saw the actual tweet. I didn't even know it was an issue on Black Twitter or anything yet. I saw it and then I posted it in my natural hair group in my Facebook. And then there was somebody post. Somebody was like. Um, we are we're already talking about it because Black Twitter went in on it like two three hours ago, and I didn't even know I was late basically on Twitter, and that's how I ended up running across the actual picture. So I don't know. So I actually literally thought these people can't be serious. I didn't even think I didn't even know other people felt the same way yet until I put it in the natural hair group. Then I saw the memes and stuff. Right. 
But, but see, now you look on websites, and this is like I've seen this story multiple times, and all of them say black Twitter spoke out against it. Like, yo, I'm on Twitter, and I'm black, and uh, them folks don't speak for me. So, I like, the whole <laughs> label of black Twitter. Like, you know what I'm saying? So now every well, time something happens, and I, and I... I don't know. I feel like that's... I, I feel like you have to be an idiot to assume that black Twitter encompasses all black people and all black what, people. What do, you, what, what do you even need a label no, of black Twitter for? That, what do you even we need a label of black Twitter for? I think it was... You want to be individual and we want to be offended, and we want to be a monolith when it suits us. Like, we want to be an ant colony on one hand, and then we want to be individuals. We're like, oh, well, no, don't stereotype me. We're not really all the same thing. Like, you know, it's, it's confusing as fuck to us people who aren't black. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and it's like, I don't, I don't, like, nah, I just don't like the label. Because, first of all, I mean, from what I've seen, from when I came across a dumbass article explaining who's a part of black Twitter, uh, yeah, I'll just say I don't mess with a lot of those people. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything more <laughs> I don't even know than who, that. You know what's crazy? I don't even know who's in black Twitter. only person I know of is one person, and that's because she was on Melissa Harris Perry talking about the Trayvon Martin situation and the jurors book. I don't remember. Did she claim it? Did she claim black I Twitter? Because I just – I don't remember, to be honest with you, I don't, I mean, to be honest, honest, I really don't remember if she said it, but I also read articles online about her and that, so when you read, when you went to look up the story about the Jurors book deal, um, that that story came up, so I already saw her on Melissa Harris Perry, that I'm looking up the book deal story, and then she comes up, and that's always, and, and, and in those articles, Black Twitter was mentioned, so that's how I, that's why that's the only person I actually know, I have no clue who's considered to be in Black Twitter. I, have no idea. I hope I don't people aren't that. claiming that. Cause that that's you're you're in black Twitter whether you like it or not, and that's the problem. Like, and, and, and if you that's what I was are thinking. black, you're in black Twitter. And that's <laughs> what I was thinking another thing. So it's like if, if I go on and like do a something black hole. and then I tweet something, are people going to be like, yeah, he's in black Twitter? Because I, I don't remember uh, pledging. I just don't. And I, I, I just think it's pretty important, especially I, given so the people who they say who are in it. Maybe I'm not that clear on what black Twitter is. I, once I even first heard of it, which was actually around that Trayvon Martin story and the book jurors, the uh, jurors book deal story, um, that's how I even heard of black Twitter. And that's how I um, I, kind of tried to, I even Googled to try to figure out what it was, and it just happened to be like a, a story on it or something. Um, we, I think we must have you're black it. and you're on Twitter. You're, if you're black and you're on Twitter, but you're out of You know what's funny about Twitter. that? I think I might, and I might be following some of these people and don't even realize it. You know, we must not have been invited to the Black Twitter Illuminati party. Apparently, <laughs> we need to sacrifice somebody so we can find out. All right, but guys. on the other All side right, of the guys. coin, it's a good thing <laughs> too. So, well, I mean, I think I think that Jer uh, losing her book deal was a good thing. If, if that's considered Black Twitter, you're right, Bruce. I don't know if she identified it as Black Twitter, um, but I thought that was interesting. But at any rate, you guys, we have to move on because uh, we and we have a ton of articles. I we went through three. I think we just talk a lot, Bruce. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I have a tendency to do that. My apologies. Next time I'm on radio, <laughs> I won't talk as much. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's part of the reason why I think we're doing radio because we like to run our mouths. Um, exactly. At any rate. Yeah, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think I'm in the right field for that. All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, move on to the next segment. Um, we're going to 
talked to some people who were nice enough and uh, great enough and cool enough and dope enough to open up and share their stories with us. Um, so we've got some little mini interviews and some conversations. We're going to talk about what it's like to be a young adult in the U.S. today. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying the show thus far. Uh, we, I, I work really hard on this show, and oh, I'm just really tired. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, uh, I'm trying to see. What, what should I play to, to transition us? How about some Lupe Fiasco? Y'all like Lupe? Always dope. Always dope? Can't All lose with right, Lupe. Uh, let's go with some Lupe Fiasco around my way. Freedom ain't free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great American, rap, rest in the rap. Rest in peace, young ass, young ass. Pour a live on the live, man. Pour a live on the live, man. First off, they beat the pirates. Shame it all the damage that the white man winds in. Ghost dance. It's five million years a year, and all that other crime did. More people than the deep the blind kids. The red bells and small cells keeping their mind big. So everything's hostile. Suicide bombers and prosperity gospels. Emaciated models with cocaine and blood pouring out their nostrils. They got to. Just to stay awake on the catwalk of life where everybody watch you. Straight hair, high heels, and a handbag. Racism and a land grab. Katrina Fema trailers, human body sandbags. A peace sign and a pants sag. A money toss calls a nine stripper mad dash. A friend request following a hashtag. Now everybody wanted like the last lap. A Michael Jackson jacket or a dab mask. Purple Jordans or the mixed girl in your math class. Sable is when the bad, 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 bad. The corporate jets really had to have that gas bag. War and they hope they all fall from the rat attack. Cause that's just more dinosaur for the Cadillac. Live Dream of a 
the Chandler. Hope and pray they take Columbus Day up off the calendar. South Central, an example of God's gifts. So shout out to all the mothers raising babies in sparks. Take the projects to open city, Detroit, ghost towns. Monopolies on poverty where D-Boy coke bound. Parts of Manila like the video for Thriller. But the U.S. Embassy is reminiscent of a villa. If poverty is chocolate and privilege vanilla, then what's the flavor of the Sunday preachers pedophilia? Cash rules everything around these and classrooms everywhere around me with her. Hither you can be Mr. Burns and Mr. Smithers. The tyrant or the slave, but nowhere in the middle of the extremes of America's dream. Freud, Fine, Neo, Freddy Cooper, refereeing now. Live and I decide what you see. On Blast with Vita Star here on Black Rethinkers Radio. We are about to get into our main topic, and we have some guests who are calling in to discuss this topic with us. Um, I invited some young adults in for this show. We're going to call young adults 18 to 35, and there's a reason for that. Um, and you will, we'll say, we'll, I'll say what we'll call them. We'll call, we have young adults, and we got slightly seasoned young adults. We'll call it the 30 to 35. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, just they're seasoned young adults. But at the same time, a lot of, I would say, a lot of uh, under 35-year-olds are still, some, you know, dealing with some of the same issues. Um, so at any rate, I got some people here for you who, uh, you know, have various backgrounds and experiences growing up and various backgrounds and experiences, you know, now. So I'm going to go ahead and bring those people in uh, from the 626. Who do we have? Your area code is 626. Say your name. Oh, do I just say something into the phone? Yeah. Say your name. <laughs> hi. I'm Cla- hi, I'm Claudia. Claudia. Hi, Claudia. Welcome to oh, On Blast good. with Vita Star. <laughs> you sound so nervous. Relax. How about you relax, Claudia? Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt anybody while I was talking, you know, because it's oh. rude. It's like a rude. Well, you, <laughs> were, you were... You were muted. Don't worry. I had unmuted uh, Curtis earlier, and you're nervous because you heard me get on Curtis for talking. Uh, <laughs> no, I had, I had a little early, so don't don't oh, relax, okay. Claudia. Don't laugh, Bruce. She's not. Yeah, like she, she's not scared of me. You're not scared of me, right, Claudia? <laughs> no. That's what I was laughing at the thought of anybody being scared of you, but you know, just saying. Whatever. You know I'm a D. You know I'm a D. He's hating Claudia because I'm a D. Um. <laughs> He's scared of me. Yes, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> also, from the 202, state your name and where you're calling from. Yo, yo, uh, Steve Vasquez from L.A., but I went to school in D.C. You're in L.A., but what? I went to school in D.C. Oh, that's oh, you're explaining your 202 area code. <laughs> the 202. Two thing, yeah. just, just to make sure we know you're from LA, though. Born and raised. <laughs> you represent. That's what's up. Born and raised. <laughs> All right. 
you know, I'm glad you guys are on. Um, and I'm glad. Thank you guys for volunteering to be on the show. Um, let's start off with some basic things so people can kind of, you know, know who you guys are. Um, Steve, if you don't mind, you know, what's, what's your age, how old are you, and what do you do? All right, uh, Steve Vasquez, uh, I am 28 years old. Um, I work at a nonprofit, and I own a film production and music licensing business. All right, and you said you went to college in D.C. Hello? Yeah, you said you went to college in D.C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to uh, I went to Howard. 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 Howard alone. What year did you graduate? Oh nine. Oh nine. All right. I'm gonna talk to you a little bit more about that about your college experience. Uh, <laughs> in a little bit. All right. Let's get Claudia. Claudia, how old are you? First of all. Um, I'm 19. I'll be turning 20 in um of oh like a week or two. Ish. Oh, the three, two, two weeks. 18. All right. Yeah. Well, have- Happy, happy early birthday. Happy Thank early you. birthday. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Congratulations Thank on you. being one year closer to actually being able to do some fun shit. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to go to this um there's a there's like a there's like a lesbian um um what's it called? It's like a it's it's a bar in West Hollywood. I've been really wanting to go but I can't, so you know. <laughs> you can't go to any bar. You're under 21. A famous quote from Beyonce. A famous quote from Beyonce. Once you turn 21, you'll be able to vote. So it's all good. Ah. He said that? He did yeah. not say yeah. that. Yeah, she did when she no. turned 21. No, she did not. Yeah, no, she no. did when she turned 21. I'm dead serious. I like Beyonce. Don't don't tell me stuff like that. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Claudia, what do you do? Do you do anything? What do you mean? Uh, Are you in school? Do you have a job? What do you do? Oh, well, I'm in school, and I do have a work-study job on campus um, where I solicit donations from alumni and parents sometimes, so that's always fun. Like, um, but you know what it is? You're that person. You're like that person that harasses me every fucking year to donate. I'm like, y'all been getting enough of my money already. Apparently, all the money I spent ain't enough. You mean I'm spending, not charging forty thousand dollars a year, but you want to call me and I, you know, uh, I, oh man, I got so many complaints. Actually, feeds right into the discussion. I say, y'all. All this damn money, you got the nerve to hit me up asking for money, and I got a degree, but I can I can get a job that pays me thirty thousand a year. Man. You gonna hit me up for some money? You got a lot don't, of don't, fucking nerve. Don't take this personally, don't, Claudia. Don't. No, uh, not me. I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you go get the money from those athletes that you. <laughs> don't call me. <laughs> You know, don't you guys make enough money off sports? No. <laughs> I actually think that's oh, where the really? money goes. Yeah, I actually think that's where the money goes is um, a lot of the times athletes get, like, full scholarships. Um, so I think a lot of the money goes there, too. Um, it, 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 it doesn't go to paying them, clearly. <laughs> yeah, right. Clearly. Right. <laughs> they, so you, I'm just saying the school has no problem making money off of them. You know, let's just keep it all the way real. But at any rate, Claudia, so – 
your student, what, what school do you go to? I go to Syracuse University, but I grew up um, 20 minutes from downtown L.A., so like uh, like San Gabriel, um, so but like cold. not the nice parts. Yeah, so I'm cold. here, and it's freezing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, wait, 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 you said you came, wait, wait, so you came from the San Gabriel Valley. The valley's hot. You went from the valley to the fucking freezing cold? Yeah. Really? And, you know, we have an ongoing joke, or I, I have an ongoing joke with myself, um, where I talk about like when whatever somebody asks me like oh why'd you come here and stuff I was I would be like oh because I didn't know there was that much snow and snow would be like a metaphor for like white people so <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't let the basketball oh, team fool you <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joke wait that's a joke with yourself you don't I'll be turning out with every person of color on my campus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sometimes I share I share another joke too. Like when we cross the street and stuff, um, like the white man tells you when to walk. Like the you know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, All right. Um so let me ask you this, Claudia. You know, you transitioned from being a high school student and I actually knew you back then. Um, mm. I even remember when you were telling me you were going to Syracuse, and uh, you gave me pointers. You know, I probably did. I, I have a habit of doing that. Whenever any, whenever any youth tell me they're going to college, I just give them like like a ton of advice. Um, and it's funny because all everyone always remembers them every time. <laughs> yeah, so, you have memorable advice. <laughs> but I, um, at any rate. You trans. You actually. You really remember your transition. You're closer to it than I am. My transition was a lot longer than yours. <laughs> a lot, much further back. So you can remember your transition much clearly. What would you say was the biggest surprise that you got when you moved out of the house? You went to Syracuse, and you were on your own, and you realized you were on your own. What was one of the biggest surprises for you? Um. What do you mean? What was what was your biggest shock? Like, there's always some type of shock, right? I know the cold weather for sure was a shock. Um, you, and you, uh, you, you had a sort of a culture shock, even. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know. I wonder. I wonder if if that shock was just like, um, how how different the framework um in university was from like a lot of the organizing spaces that I came from. I realized that that's something that's very specific to me and kind of the, the culture and the people that I grew up around. Um, but I think one really, really big free, freeing moment that I guess was a shock to me was when I got to go to CVS and I got to buy my own shampoo. Like, that was a shock for me. It's like, I, I have to pay for my own toiletries now. And it was both, <laughs> <laughs> you know? You got to buy shit. <laughs> yeah. Thing to do, right? You don't just walk in the bathroom <laughs> and, oh, there's shampoo. They don't work like that anymore. Yeah. But for me, that or like was put it on the shopping list, right? You know? Yeah, but what it was exciting. Say? I never. Got... Oh, it uh, was I, exciting. I, I... Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh no, I was just saying you don't you don't get to put it on your mom's shopping list, you know? Like you gotta put it on <laughs> <Right>. your own. <laughs> mom, we need right. shampoo. She's not there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. That was the well, go best ahead, Claudia. Part, though. Yeah. Oh, no, that was just the best part, like, um, being able to buy my own shampoo, you know, because I never got to choose, but now that I'm making, I think the the shock, the, the shocking moment was, like, when I was working, 
like when I started getting when I got a job and I started working and like I started getting in my own income to buy the things that I wanted to buy um, and to support the brands that I wanted to support. Then I realized how miserable work was and how little I was uh-huh. paid and how there was no like yeah there was no student workers union you know like <laughs> I think that's when it hit me that there were a lot of things that were really different here. So so speaking of that. Um... Steve and Claudia, you guys are sort of at two different stages. Because Claudia, you're just now, um, you started college, you're, you're 19, you're about to turn 20. But um, Steve, you're removed from the college experience. Uh, how would you describe transitioning out of the college experience, since we have you here and then also we have Claudia who's going to have to go through this? How would you right. describe transitioning from out of the college experience? Well, you know, honestly, I had kind of a nice buffer coming out of college. So, like, um, I like to say I went to college 2.0. I taught English in Korea for two years. So it was like, oh, it was shit. like, I, you know. Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> That's quite a buffer, I had, I had, Yeah, it was, a ni- it was a nice buffer. So I had, I had, you know, out of school, I'm like, all right, cool, I'm done. I got my degree. I'm in Asia. Cool. I don't have to pay any bills because they automatically come out of my check, but I still got to buy groceries and, you know, do all that stuff and got to start thinking about what I'm going to do when I get back to the States and all that. Um but you know, I mean, the transition was, you know, I think it's 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 a lot. To, it was a lot the same, like what 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 going from high school to college was, right? Except you get more responsibility, you know. So, you know, coming back from Asia, I I had to you know figure out where I was going to live, what I was going to do. Luckily, you know, I I was able to you know work for a nonprofit that uh, that my family that my family started. So. That was kind of cool, but then, like, you know, starting a business and, you know, organizing my partners and, you know, organizing our equipment for what we're going to shoot and all that stuff, it was, you know, it was definitely a, a growing experience, a learning experience. Um, and now, what, I've been in it for almost three years, and it's, you know, it's been pretty good. Yeah. So you said that your family uh, runs a nonprofit? Yeah, yeah, it's called Cooking with Gabby. Uh, actually, Vita, you know, you know about it, right? We've... Uh, been on your show before. Yes. Yeah. He's actually been on Steve and Gabby, um, his sister. They've actually uh, been on my show in uh, in LA, KTFK. So yeah. Great organization. Great. Oh, thank you, thank you. But yeah, so um, so but oh, oh, go on. No, go ahead. Oh yeah, so you know, just like transitioning, like you know, being able to work for the nonprofit, and you know. Still, you know, I was teaching, so I was able to still interact with kids, but doing more development and, and you know, programming and stuff um, for the for the charity. It, you know, definitely, definitely taught me a lot and definitely allowed me to grow. Without, that's you know. So, Claudia, well, how did you view your experience transitioning out of the? Because I mean, you're still in it; you're still fully in it. What are your like visions of leaving that college experience? Uh, ah, I just want to get a job and like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Wait, what Claudia, what if I told you I have bad news? What if I told you I have some bad news? I'm I would saying. probably believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the fact of the matter is this. A lot of people are graduating now and there aren't jobs for them. I was looking mm-hmm. at some now um, from, where is this from? I can tell you, so you guys don't think I'm crazy. It's the, yeah, how about I figure out the name of this organization? 
Deep Sky, Economic Policy Institute, okay? Um, they basically said that, uh, the, for, and this is the class of 2012, and keep in mind, they're projecting the numbers are higher, are going to be higher in the future, mm-hmm. just let us know this. Uh, basically, most of them are coming out of college and not getting jobs. Um, they, let me see, what does it say? The class of, and on top of that, if they get jobs, they're likely to earn less than they would have if they had graduated at a time when there was, uh, when there were jobs. So they just basically, even if you get a job, you're not going to make any money. How? Do, I mean, does that worry you at all? Um, I mean, I've been bombarded with those jobs. Like, you know, aren't they like unpaid internships and stuff? Um, yeah. A lot that. of folks, not always. Claudia, what 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 field do you what field do you plan on going into once you graduate? Just curious. <laughs> I don't know. Um, right right now, my my major is communications or rhetorical studies, and I'm looking at a sociology and African American studies minor. So um, I don't know where that's gonna land me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'm, but I'm, and I'll be honest. I don't want. I'm not trying to tell you things are bleak because you never know where things could take you. I'm not trying to tell people not to have hope. Please don't think that's what I'm telling you. Well, let me tell you this. The reason I went to school in I went to, or I, the reason I went to Korea was because I graduate when I graduated in '09. Right, I majored in finance, international business and finance, and I was like, yeah, I want to go work on Wall Street. I want to be an investment banker, all that. Right, and um. Wait, the this from a guy I, from a family who owns a nonprofit in in South Central. Right, I was, you know, set on going and mm-hmm. and working on Wall Street. You know, I was like, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make, you know, hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year. You know, coming <laughs> right out. I was like, I was, I just had these delusions of grandeur. Um, and so, and so, like, I, uh, I, I graduate in '09, and I'm like, shit, there's no job. Excuse my language. Excuse me. Shoot, there's no mm-hmm. jobs. What am I gonna do? And you know, the alternative was it, was, it was like, do I go back to L.A. and, you know, do I, like, do I work for my family? Or, and then it was just like, oh, you know, there's this opportunity in Korea. And I applied, had a job within a month, and I was on a plane. And halfway through, I'm in the bathroom, like, about to throw up because I'm like, what did I just sign myself over to? I ended <laughs> up having the best two, best two years of my life, but it was definitely, like, it, took, it set my life on a completely different path, you know? And... Honestly, I think I'm far more happy doing what I have a passion for now. But I had to find that yeah. passion, and it took. And me I want to talk about that. And I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I want. I want to. I want to really focus on that too, because um, that's another point that I think is really important. Even though our generation may have some bleak outcomes, like for example, I'll you know I'll I'll read some statistics, and I'm gonna go back to my original point. But you know. It says of all those who graduated college since 2006, only 51% currently have a full-time job, according to a Rutgers University study. 11% are unemployed or not working at all. The situation is even more dire for those who have graduated since 2009. Fewer than half of college graduates in those years found their first job within 12 months of graduating much less than the 73% of those who graduated from 2006 to 2008. Those who graduated since 2009 are three times more likely to not have found a full-time job than those from the classes of 2006 through 
through 2008. And I'm class of 07, by the way. Um, at any rate, I just wanted to kind of point out that even though these are the numbers, at the same time, I, we're, we're young adults in, an, in a technology age. We're young adults where we can actually, you know, seek other ways of being artistic and making money off of it. We do have that access to be entrepreneurs in various ways. For mm-hmm. um, access mm-hmm. to information. Um, Steve, you, you said you also own a business. Tell us a little bit about your business and, you know, and how you operate it. So, um, well, I'll just give you the background. So one of my, my, my best friends, you know, since we were in high school uh, and, you know, now business partner, um, when I when I moved back from Korea, you know, he had been trying to get me to come back, and I moved back, and I didn't even plan on staying, but I ended up falling in love with the nonprofit work. He's like, Steve, you know, I'm, uh, there's these, these opportunities here. Like, you know, why don't we start this business? And I was like, oh, all right, cool. So we spent, you know, we started doing music licensing. And um, the company's called Convergence Media Group. And, you know, we had we spent six months cold calling and just, like, just going through this, like, just crazy process of uh, trying to get our foot in the door with all these supervisors. And fast forward to, you know, eight months down the road, and we ended up having some success in that. And then we started getting into production, which is what, which is what both of our passion had always been. Um, and so, uh, so we ended up doing, producing, you know, now we produce music videos, uh, films, uh, uh, feature films and short films and a uh, web series and um and you know but the journey like if i had never gone to asia i would have never discovered that i'm i'm actually good at production uh producing and you know starting to to really transition into to more uh cinematography and um but i would have never found that if i had you know an investment banker, so um, so yeah, right. that's what we do. And, but, but, but even with that, because you've come mm-hmm. at a time when you know you have access to certain technology to help you do that, right? And right. for a much lower cost than it would have our parents. I was right. I remember what's right. his name? Um, uh, what's what's the guy's name who wrote the Spook who sat by the door? Bruce, do you know that book? I don't even remember the author either. Off the top of my it's head, Robert, uh, I want to say I want to say Robert Greenlee. I want to say that's his name, and I should probably Google this since I have access to the Internet talking about access as a technology. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, I believe it's Robert Greenlee. Well, the author of that book, he also made his own movie about his book, which, which is hella dope, and it's, a, it's from the 1970s. Sam Greenlee. Sam Greenlee, okay. I don't know where I got Robert from. <laughs> um, so, he, so at any rate, he made this um, book, he made this film based off of his book, and he was talking, and he was saying how much money it cost him in an interview. He was saying, nowadays, you can make movies on your phone. <laughs> he said, it costs, as much as it costs me to make my movie, you can make a, 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 a much better movie for a lot less. And I thought yeah. that was interesting. So you see, you know, with this technology coming at this time and having that type of access, you are, instead of that lane, if that lane isn't there for you, that job isn't there for you, you can create your own. Yeah, well, there's definitely, you know, definitely to make something, you can definitely make something, but to make something look good, it does, it does take a lot of hard work. You know, don't get me wrong, there's still, there's still the, the, you still need to know what you're doing, but technology makes it a lot easier to learn that, um, but, and to, 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 you know, mechanically achieve that. But you still, it still does take a lot of practice, as with anything, I guess, you know. But, yeah, I'll definitely yeah. say, like. So basically, you even, still have to have talent. You can't just hop up and do some shit. That's what, that's what you're trying right, to do. Right, right. 
But I will, so, I will also say this. Uh, so I will also say this. So there are like so many ways just online that you can you can make money too as as you know, uh, someone who's trying to be a young entrepreneur. I've got a friend who owns a gym in South Carolina, but he travels the world. And the way he, like, the way he actually funds his life is he teaches for two hours every morning on this website called, I think it's called italki.com. And he teaches for two hours every morning, like six days a week. And then he, and then he, um, he, uh, he rents his place out on, his, his, whenever he's gone, he's out of town, he rents it out over Airbnb. And that's how he funds these extravagant trips around the world where he's like, you know, in, you know, Chile, Chile, like one, one, one week. And then he's, you know, somewhere in Africa, you know, the next week. And it's just like, dude, it's crazy. But the only way he wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for the power of technology, the internet, you know. Definitely. So Steve, who are some of your inspirations in these projects that you've taken on? Um, I mean, in terms of like, like film or music or what do you think? Film and the music licensing, like, like, cause I mean, you you said your your friend told you about the music licensing opportunity, but as far mm-hmm. as film, who are your inspirations? Um, well, I'll say you know people that I that I work with are some of my my biggest inspirations. You know, I've got a uh, two two of my partners are just amazing cinematographers. Uh, I don't know if you if you know, there's a gentleman named Shay William Vanderport. Um, and he directed the show uh, Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl for the first two seasons. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Yeah, he's the yeah he's the he's the director and cinematographer for that. And you know he's been just like he's. I mean, I mean, you know, I I, I like to say I spent you know two thousand and I, I can say I spent two thousand and thirteen in the in the uh, Shea William Vanderford School of Cinematography. You know, where I, it was just. <laughs> You know, we were just shooting like last year. We were just constantly filming. Um, you know, how does he? Uh, I mean, he's uh twenty. He's thirty. Just turned thirty. See. Um. So I'd say, yeah, him, a buddy Duran, uh, my partner Duran. You know, he's also a big inspiration. Um, they both worked on that show. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Spike Jones. I mean, dude's a beast. You know. That's uh. So yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah. Um, um, and in, in terms of, oh, go on. I'm sorry. Well, no, uh, you can go ahead and finish. Make finish. Your oh no, I was, I was, I was done. I was done. <laughs> I want to, um, I want to get back to Claudia for a second. Um, you are also an activist. Um, that's part of the way I, I know Claudia. By the way, it's through a program called Immediate Justice mm-hmm. out of LA. Shout out to Connie Ikeda. She was actually on the last show. So if you want to give more information on immediate justice and uh, you know, and I, which is actually it's a, it's a film program for uh, it's for girls, but it's it's LGBTQ friendly. Well, not friendly, but it is LGBTQ, and um, it's a great program. They learn how to make their own films. They learn how to be activists with their films, uh, artists, and um, they talk about sexual health and promote sexual health and education of of sexual health. That's um, not the usual sexist and homophobic sex education that's taught in the schools now. Um, so Claudia was a part of that program, and that's how I know her. And she's also an activist. And um, I know, you, or at least right now, you, I know you've been working on, you know, participating on campus and things like that. And mm-hmm. Internet, the technology and being around this age and being a college student at your age, you can also build social movements. 
You can also spread information. What are some things that, you know, happen on your campus that you learn about because of it, it, it came up online? Like what are some movements that have taken place? That's really interesting because I feel like all of the people who have been doing things on the Internet, who are my friends, don't go here. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you know, so it's like uh, it's a really interesting place right now. I know um, I know a few months back, uh, Sui Park, she's um, one of my friend's friends, um, Sui Park and Juliet Shen, who is my friend, um, they started this hashtag called Not Your Asian Sidekick on Twitter. Oh, and, Sui um, Park, who was yeah. actually in the midst of that whole cancel Colbert controversy situation. Yeah, that's been, yeah, yeah that's also been, friends, like, a I, huge, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I, I follow her on Twitter, too. We follow each other on Twitter. That's the only reason why I know who uh, she is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's. I think it's uh, it's definitely really, like, a lot more nuanced than I think a lot of people think. Um, but there's definitely, like, a lot of internal issues going on. So it's been really interesting seeing how, like, how activism plays out online. And especially because I've been getting – I've been hearing about all of my friends kind of using using their online – I have, like, very little social media um, followings. Uh, so, like, I went on Twitter and, like, tried to, like, um, tried to, I guess, create conflict with other people um, and it didn't work like I felt like a flea nobody even wanted to respond to me so <laughs> it was really sad like I tried really hard oh um, Claudia <laughs> but it's okay um, but they but they do use that kind of following and they and they turn and a lot of my friends have been turning it into kind of like a like a source of um, or or a living. So a lot of my friends have been trying to get jobs with like BuzzFeed um, or I had like two articles written or one on the feminist wire and then another from like, I don't remember. Um, But like, I think my work has been very minimal compared to a lot of my friends who have taken their activism and turned it into like, um, and turned it into like talks uh, for, for, um, for, with honorariums attached to them, stuff like that. So um Activism for me has been really hard on my campus just because I'm really interested in doing workshops on campus and I'm interested in developing curriculum um, because that's what I was doing. Um, both was in, like, I was doing a lot of work with media justice and then before I was involved with media justice, I did a lot of work as a youth trainer. So I developed existing curriculum um, and I made it better every year. And then I would go on to facilitate a lot of workshops also meant for, and conferences also meant for high school youth. So being on campus has been really hard, even when I've been trying to make kind of like a, to make a sub-living off of it or make like supplementary income um, through trying to do workshops on campus or even on other campuses. It's been hard just because um, a lot of, it feels like a lot of people don't think I have credibility because I don't have a degree, even though I've been doing this work for several years. Like I've still, I I will still hear from staff on campus about how um, like I could be a good leader if I just did X, Y, and Z, which is really funny because haven't I been doing leadership stuff? Like, um, <laughs> no, you're, you know, making, so. you're making a very interesting point um, about, because I, I asked you guys something, I had a rant on Twitter, uh, I'm not sure, <laughs> on Facebook uh, yesterday or day before yesterday, and um, you, raised, you raised a really good point, just the point of being uh, uh, validated through a degree as an activist, which I mm. find really, like I find something really funny about that, you know, that somehow... Yeah. Activism 
is settled on a college campus or whether or not you have a degree or whether or not you know these big words. And it's that, that was kind of what my mm-hmm. rant was about on my Facebook page. Oh, if you want to do that, you got to go to my Facebook page. But, um, <laughs> but that was kind of what my rant was about. It was the fact that, you know, you, you have to be identified as a leader through a degree. And how does that – and then just keep in mind, college is getting more expensive. You know, the tuition right. prices are raised, um, which is another part of, you know, that – that affects us as young adults and the future of the future young adults. Um, college tuition is being raised. College loan debt is through the roof. It's ridiculous. Mm. In fact, I have some numbers on that. Um, oh. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> the, average, the average debt load for the class of 2012 was $29,000, $29,400. That's just the average. That means that there was yeah. some that was up. Higher. I let y'all know right now. I was 07. Mine was higher than that. <laughs> and I had a scholarship. <laughs> and that's with the scholarship. You would see that fucking ridiculous. And, and the thing um, is, there's not really an alternative now anymore because it's like before when our parents were coming up, when you finished high school, there was an option to just go into the working world with that job that you right. would get. You could buy mm-hmm. a house and raise your family. Now it's like a, a college degree is, is basically required. Because if you don't have a college degree, where are you working? And then if you're working in one of those places that doesn't require a college degree, how much are you getting paid? Because we look at how much minimum wage is, and people can't live off that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and that's, and that's, and that's a, a much broader point, you know. Because I was, I was going to say, you know, we're saying that people can't leave movements or be activists without a college degree, but motherfuckers can't afford to go. I mean, is it really worth it if you come out with $29,000 in debt, but you still got to work at, in, a, in the fast food industry? Right, right. You'll never get yourself out of that. And, and the, the yeah. degree is not paying for itself at that point, you know? And it's, and it's, it's, it's like the lie that they told us, you know, like when we're – when you're young, everyone's like, you get a degree and you will, you will make, you know, you'll make a ton of money and you'll have a great job coming right out of college, blah, blah, blah. You know, like that. I was sold a bill of goods too. You know, we're all sold that bill of goods and it's unfortunate. I mean, I, I exactly. like my job. I have a great job, you know. I'm not making a fortune, but I have a great job. I, I'm fortunate to have a great job, you know. But not all my friends yeah. are that fortunate. But you know what? Um, also, I think a lot of us were sold this, you know, like, which basically kind of what you were saying, like we were told that we're going to get out and go to college, you know. Right. That's like you grew up in the hood. You know, you go to, you're in the hood, that's what they always tell you. Be one of the ones to go to college. Be one of the ones to go to college. Graduate. And, this, and I'll be honest, you know, people have said that their communities have tried to hold them back. My community pushed me into school, and I, was, I wasn't even ready, <laughs> you know. And they pushed me right into college. And they were very supportive. The entire, my entire community was always supportive of me going to college. Um, even the gangs in my community were supportive of me going to college. And most people don't – that's a whole other conversation people have, I can have about gangs and how, you know, things they do in the community. But at any rate, um, I was pretty much pushed into school. I was encouraged to go to school, and that was going to be my ticket. You know, my father was in school while he raised us, and his whole idea was that that was going to be our ticket out of, you know, out of the poverty that we were in. And mm-hmm. that wasn't. <laughs> Let me just clearly say, you know, I went to school – I studied something I was passionate about. Um, the only way I could actually make any real money in, in the field that I studied, which was sociology, was if I went on to get a doctor's degree, which would cost me more fucking money, <laughs> you know? Right, um, right. 
because I and I really did want to be a sociological researcher in some way, and um, but that requires you know two more degrees that I couldn't afford to get, <laughs> you know, right. and, and mm-hmm. that's the thing. You're told this is going to be your ticket. Now I have a degree, and I'm working in a field that you know the field has nothing to do with my degree. On top of that, let me right. tell y'all a secret. Um, most, and this is really a secret. I this on my Facebook all the time. I'm very open about it. Also, uh, in addition to doing radio, I also work as a nanny. Guess what? I make way more money as a nanny than I did when I was working in my field in community organizing and social services. I made mm-hmm. I made way more per hour, way more per hour. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's, right. And I mean, granted, you don't get the, all the other benefits: vacation time, sick time. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, medical, but you get to medical, set your kind of set your own schedule, right? You can leave when you want, right? Mm-hmm. I said you can you can quit when you want, right? You're not locked in any long yeah, contract, right? That's true. I can quit when I want. I can set my own hours, that kind of thing. Right. The thing, but 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 the thing is, like, I went to school for something. I was told that this was mm-hmm. going to be my ticket, and a lot of us were told mm-hmm. this is going to be our ticket. I have college loan debt. Where the fuck am I going right. to go? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> let me let me. If I got a good job, I still have I still have this debt hanging over me. How am I gonna? I can't buy a house. I, right. My credit sucks because I didn't know I was. They were collecting. They're trying collecting money and they couldn't find me. Long story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, you know, I'm in a fuck. But you know what? I'm, yeah. Like I guess I guess I'm I'm interested in in this in the way that we're talking about this as like a dichotomy of like you either go to college or you don't go to college. You know what I mean? Um, because a lot of my friends, and I, by a lot, I mean, like, a few. And once again, like, I also have a very particular type of friend group. So not to be, <laughs> like, you know. Um, but they're I, I they're, they're, not, they're not the general representative. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of my friends, like, okay, some of my friends are, are, are leaving school. Like, they're just dropping out. Like, my friend dropped out for a year, like, took a break from, um, from one of the UCs. And... Like, they ended up writing a published book, and then they went back to school for another year and realized it wasn't for them, and then left again. And then so I have a few friends who are just, like, also debating, like, whether or not they should stay in school or, like, and finish out their degree because it's making them miserable, um, or if they should just leave because it's making them miserable. Like, I think it's interesting to kind of also think about that as an alternative to either go to school or don't go to school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, well, I mean, it's not like, yeah, it's not like they're, they're not being, they're not successful just because they haven't finished school. And this is a lot different than like hearing about all of these like middle class, upper middle class, like white entrepreneurs who drop out of school to pursue these successful entrepreneurships because they have that like class privilege backing. They have like that old money from their parents, you know, um, and right, generation right. past. Yeah. So I don't know. It's really interesting. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not. I'm never one to tell anyone not to go to college because, honestly, I think, you know, the debt really sucks, but the benefits of having a degree in this day and age far outweigh, you know, not, not having, having a degree. Now, how, right. However, you whatever path you take to get a degree, cool. And you know, you know, take time off if you need to. You know, whatever. But you know, I just think it's really unfortunate that. You have to. We have to make a choice. Like, all right, you know, because I, I, I've I've been talking to a lot of people who have these, you know, degrees, advanced degrees that are, you know, working as attorneys or, you know, doctors, and they're 
pulling these crazy, ungodly hours in jobs that they that they honestly, after a couple of years, just start to hate, you know. And but they're making a ton of money. They can't enjoy it, and they hate it. So I, I think that the, the it's so sad that we have to have as a trade off, you know, either right. we have financial security and just complete utter unhappiness, or happiness and you know just this this sense of you know all right I you know I'm not I'm not I'm not achieving what I was supposed what I thought I was going to achieve by that good job good income you know standard of living I was supposed to have when they told me that if you go to college you'll be able to achieve that you know you know what there's so, a, but there's a third group there's a third group there's a group of people <laughs> who say you know what I'm already fucked might as well do what I want. I think I'm right. in that category. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's a good category to be in. That's the fun category. I'm already fucking, you know? If I'm going to struggle, and I'm going to go through some shit, I'm going to go through some shit and struggle doing some shit I want to do. <laughs> I'm just right. saying. Uh, I have another caller on the line, and I want to get them in. Caller 229, can you state your name and where you're from, please? Uh, this is uh, the conversation from the chat room from Georgia. Oh, I, you know what? I'm really bad. And looking at the chat room. In fact, I might have accidentally <laughs> closed the chat room. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, What's good, Georgia? My bad. What's what, what your name? You said? Just, we just, 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 just uh, call you Georgia? What are we going to call you? Uh, uh, Renee Reese. Reese? Renee. What's up, Reese? Yeah. Uh, What's up? What's All right. Up? Hi. You, you pressed one, so I, I'm assuming you want to jump in on this. What did you want to say? <laughs> yeah, um... College, you know, college is one of those, uh, I call it, you know, pretty much these days I feel like it's necessary worthlessness. You know, it's like it's something that you pretty much have to have, but it's not going to give you a leg up. You know what I'm saying? You're you're, kind of only penalized if you don't have it, but it really Mm -hmm. doesn't give you a leg up anymore. Uh, I definitely agree with that. That's a very interesting way to put that. I, that's very artistic. Are you like a poet or some shit? Mm. <laughs> no, I'm a, um, I'm an actuary. And it, it's interesting that you say that, Reese, because the thing is, um, I work as a freelance journalist, and um, it doesn't bring in a lot of money, but it brings in some money. And you know, I work within the journalism field, and I, I actually never finished getting my degree. But I get paid from journalism, and I know a lot of people who they go to school for journalism, and then they come out of school, and they're working these unpaid internships to try to get on and try to get in somewhere, and they're working and not getting paid for a long time. I mean, I sort of stumbled into journalism while I was going to school for something else, and, you know, I was working so many jobs and stuff, I stepped away from school for a little bit. And I, I just got further into journalism. And there's a lot of people who are going to school for journalism coming yeah. out with these degrees and they're unemployed or they're yeah. working another job doing something else unrelated to the field that they went to school for. Now, yeah, well, when I go yeah. to, to apply for an editor position, then they say, well, uh, you don't have a degree yet. And it's like, well, I've been working in the field of journalism for like two, three years now, so... Yeah. So it's like like you said, you can be penalized for have for not having it, but having it alone doesn't guarantee you anything. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I mean, and at this point, point. Well, let me it's it's the same thing, a similar 
in radio. I don't have a communications degree or a broadcast degree or a journalism degree or any of that shit. I have none of it. I didn't even take a class in any of those things, you know, not even as an elective. Never even seen the – I don't even know what building that was on the campus. And I just, when you, in radio, there are people who have been interning for a long time, and they have communications degrees. One girl, she's yeah. an intern for one of the shows, and I'm a producer. And they have never once asked me for my degree or what it looked like, what school I went to. I don't even think they know I went to school. In fact, I would, one day I wore my USC hoodie, and somebody was like, uh, they said, well, why do you like the Trojans? Like, they started going on about football. And they didn't even, I was like, yeah. I was like, and, and, you know, and at that time, I didn't give a shit about football. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, so, so I mean, but that's, but it, but a lot of people very, like I said, the, uh, there's a girl who's an intern for the show after the show I produced for, and she has a master's degree from Columbia. She's not getting yeah. paid. She's not getting paid. Well, um, every, um, and I, every. And she's been working in the field, too. I mean, I won't say she was not even really working in the field. She was, she was writing, um. She was doing some writing. She wasn't doing radio, but she. But her degree is in communication. Her degree is in broadcasting. Um, I think her whatever you call it, the so, is a sub major. Yeah. Whatever you call it, yeah. emphasis. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. We. Have, um, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you pay the same amount. You know what I'm saying? As everybody else, whenever you, whenever you go to school for your degree, but every degree isn't created equal. You know, like if you go and get a broadcasting degree or a journalism degree or a communications degree or a theater degree or something like that, it's, it's, yeah, it's nice that you got it, but, but you can still be very good at what you do without it versus you go and get an engineering degree or a mathematics degree or a staff degree, then you kind of need those classes in order to learn this complicated material. Mm-hmm. Right. If you have something specific yeah. to learn, you know, um, I it's I don't want to like demonize college either. I love my college experience as far as mm-hmm. my, I studied sociology because I enjoyed it, and I, I I'm yeah. pretty much obsessed with sociology. Anybody who knows me knows I'm pretty obsessed with it. I even read sociology blogs for no reason, like they're my professors <laughs> <laughs> for fun. That's what I do for fun. Most of the books I own are are books that were in the bibliography of all the books from my sociology classes. That's how obsessed I am with sociology. And I loved it. And it taught me how to critically think, taught me how to see the world a different way, how to, see, yeah. how to, look, how to look at things from a macro level, identify patterns, things like that. So I developed a lot of skills from being in school. And I think those skills will help me in, tra- in, in transition into everything. I mean, that's why I do talk radio. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why yeah. this type of show I do. Because this is my That's why I have all these statistics. I mean, uh, Bruce, you, you see the rundown. Tell them how yeah. tell me, tell them how much shit I got on here. <laughs> Man, it's like it's like a book. I didn't even realize it. I thought I was done, and then there was like three more pages. <laughs> <laughs> He's not lying. He's not even and see, lying. But that's a, and see me, that's you know, say me. I'm I'm a statistician, and so it's like pretty much I had. If I wanted to do what I wanted to do, then I pretty much had to go to school. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't encourage people not to go to school. It's like if you want to do something that you have to go to school for, then I say go to school. But you need to know that you want to do it before you go to school, not just kind of searching and finding your way. You know what I'm saying? Because you mm-hmm. can't decide uh, your junior year that you want to go to med school. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's just not going to work for you. Exactly. Well, you can't. Like you, like you said, more. 
I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying you're going to add more, uh, Couldn't agree more. more time. Yeah. You know what, you guys? I feel kind of, wait, you guys hold up. I feel kind of bad. I totally forgot to unmute Curtis. <laughs> and Curtis oh. is so sweet. He's still on the line. Thank you, Curtis. Oh, no, you good. I was just listening. Y'all had some good flow going on. I was commenting on the, uh, in the chat room. And, yeah, I actually was yeah. in the chat room because, uh, and I saw you in there, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to probably unmute him. Uh, but did you want to jump in on anything? The the biggest thing that you have to realize is people have an emotional uh, connotation attached to higher education that gets them in trouble. College is an investment, nothing more, and it's based on a credit system. It's nothing really that you can – the vast majority of things you learn in college is nothing that you can't teach yourself to learn for free. But the difference is, am I to take your word for it that you know these things? It's you basically paying for a vouch. That's that's essentially what you're paying for. And you have to realize that college is a business. They will sell you any degree that you want regardless of whether that you pay for, regardless of whether you get a job for it, because the customer is always right, even if that customer is delusional. You have to go into it with your eyes wide open and, and understand that this is a business and that you are here to make money. You're not here, all that education. And knowledge stuff is cool. If you just want to learn, go to a library. But when you paying money, yeah. it's an investment. <laughs> Real talk, right? Yeah. All, all that, all that. Uh, go to college and find yourself. It's like no, you're there to get a job. That's that's the sole purpose of of or supposed to be the sole purpose of going to college. This is so you can get your education, so you can become employed. You yeah, know, well, I mean, but this is the thing, though. Sometimes, and, and Claudia is a, kind of an example of that. She went and she found things that she liked. <laughs> that she was interested in, that she felt passionate about or driven to be a part of, and then she can, you know, because it's a different time. It's not like you can go get a job, like, you know, you just go to school, learn some shit, and you, there's a job waiting for you. You kind of do have to create your own lane. And but then I it's like, you know, the fact, yeah, but that is, but you're not Wait, representative Reese, of everybody. I mean, that's great. Reese, you know, I, mean, I, have, I worked, I worked. I worked right out of college, too. I had a full-time job as soon as I walked out because I was working a full-time job while I was in it. But, um, yeah. I, so, but yeah, so there are, so, yeah, I'm not saying not every, I'm not saying, obviously, not every single solitary person has the same experience. But what I'm saying is that in this age, which is, it's not, it's not going to be unusual what that is going to be the other option. How about I figure out what I like, what I'm passionate about, and make that work for me? But like research, or, or not pay, then, or you, get, you don't have to pay $50,000 to figure out what you like, though. Yeah, but the yeah. thing is, you can you have yeah, to combine what Reese and what Curtis said, because what Curtis said basically is that college is a business, and they'll sell you whatever degree that they want. And then, like Reese said, he said, you know, you're paying the same amount basically for that degree, no matter what the degree's in. So while he got his degree and it led directly to a job, a lot of people are getting degrees in journalism and they're not getting paid. So yeah. Reese, let me oh, ask you, what degree? I, I think, uh, I think yeah. can people hear me? Am I on yeah. mute? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we can hear you. I'm on. Oh, okay. Oh, I think, okay, I was not told all that shit. Like, when I was, not, not, not that you're, what you're saying is shit, but, like, I, have, I wasn't told those messages when I came to college. Like, what I was told was that, especially because I'm going to, like, a private university right now, what I was told was that, and I think it made sense to me at the time, I think it probably still makes sense right now to me, is that, People are, people are hiring me. Like, there is not, like, 
corporations and businesses are hiring me, the people are hiring me, so connections are really important. And what I was told was that coming to college um, was and making those connections was important. Like I had a grad school, like a grad school student who came from like a a public university talked to me about kind of like the benefits of coming to Syracuse, which is that it was a smaller campus where resources were more easily accessible. So it was a way to weave you in into making connections. So now yeah. like, and then, and not only that, like, it's like, I don't even have like a, I, I don't even work that many official hours on work study. So on the side, I'm doing like all this, I used to do sex work. Um, and I'll be frank about that because I thought it was a really good source of income for me um, when I was like younger which wasn't, I mean, too long ago, but, um, but then I started getting to like escort work and that was really good money. But then, and then we're also not like, we keep, I, I noticed that even in the chat room too, like we keep talking about communications as just like a general major. And usually for a lot of schools that like are specialized in communication, that's not the case. Like I'm specifically in communications or rhetorical studies and I chose it because I would be able to focus on interpersonal communication. So it wasn't just focusing on mass communication or producing. So I think that really helps supplement how I was doing escort work because I could organize that, I could figure out contracts, and I could negotiate with people a lot better, and then I could make those connections that are getting me the jobs. And I think, like, and then, I mean, it definitely, and I think it really depends on the school, especially, like, in terms of you're paying for the same degree, but what does your department offer you? For instance, my department, um, next week, they, they funded, like, a really, really nice trip. Like, they're flying a bunch of, like, a group of, like, 15 to 20 students, I think, out to New York City for free to, like, meet um, and network with a bunch of alumni. And there's all these, like, fancy-ass, like, luncheons and shit. And, like, you know, all of it's free, and it's, it's like, provided by the department. You know what I mean? So I know a lot of schools yeah. who don't get those opportunities, like a lot of students who don't get those opportunities because their school is too big or something. But I also realize that I'm paying like a shit ton of money just to go here. Um, and I'll probably end up paying it back and I probably will give back to my department because they did give me all those opportunities and shit. But it's just like, I think, I think that like we also shouldn't discount the ways that those institutions so and the people who work in them. So you're saying that there's other benefits to going to college outside of you know, you're just going to get a yeah. degree. Yeah, networking is huge. But, 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 yeah, you talk about at the same time, the world isn't fair. So what works for you may not work for everybody because I'm saying, like, I, I remember when, when I was on my job search, I, I was friends with a lot of women and, and a lot of good-looking women. And what I know is good-looking women have an advantage when it comes to getting a job. Certain you know jobs. Yes. Certain yeah. Certain jobs, you know what I'm depending on who's hiring. Yes, certain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but in general, you know what I'm saying? in general, beautiful women have, have a leg up because I always say, think to yourself, when have you seen, when have you ever seen just a broke-ass, unemployed, a broke-ass, Qualified, beautiful woman unemployed. You know what I'm like you just don't see it. I mean, beautiful women that's qualified get employed. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's so, beautiful people in general. I don't. Yeah. people in general. Yeah, and I mean, there's there are, some, yeah. there are a ton of studies that prove that if you're a more attractive person or good looking, not overweight, you know, uh, you fit into a certain aesthetic. Um, you look white. Um, all those factors. <laughs> <laughs> That's just part of patriarchy, though. 
to be honest with you, because but here's the thing. Part of yeah, it's economics. It is. I mean, it is, because a woman, it, here's the thing. A woman got everything she needs to make money in this world by the time she's 14 years old. Let's be frank about that. A man, it takes at least 20 years before he can make a living for himself. That's just a fact of the world that you So if a woman what are you is based about? with good looks and attractiveness, no, he was saying that if a woman is attractive and things of that nature, it's easier in general because there's, low, there's a low investment cost and that people pay a premium for that. You see what I'm saying? But that's a part of patriarchy. The yeah. reason why a woman yeah, gets an easier job, that's, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but women, women's salaries across the board are lower than men's, you know? So, I mean, I don't yeah. I think that, that, that's that, not that, true. Not, right. not in the stem films it isn't. I mean, I'm, I mean, women, I mean, women I mean, no, get paid I mean, – I think, I think I mean, women get you, paid about equal is just when it comes to those top executive type of positions. No, nah, if you look at studies, women's, women's salaries are significantly lower than men across but the board. Salaries I, in, but no, salaries no, in what sector? That's not true. You're just saying studies and, and across the board. I'm – I'm talking about specific sectors and, and specific and specific sectors. Yeah, the average is down, but when you compare uh, this Walmart manager to this Walmart manager, they're probably making about the same, whether it's a man or a woman. If you adjust the age and martial status and career, the the gap goes away. Especially in the stem in the higher paying fields, it goes away. Wait, you're saying, wait, you're saying, women you're tend to make age. different choices than men. Yeah, with wait, single, just, women, just, single women, single women, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. It goes there's away. There's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of factors. Like, it's hard to make that, just a blanketed statement like that on any part because right. there, are, there are so many factors and so many ways that those numbers can change. For example, in fields that, in most of the fields that majority of women are in are lower paying jobs. If a lot of women, for exactly. example, social service, majority women, low paying jobs. Teaching, one of the lower, you know, it's not the top. And depending on where the city you're in, it's a low-paying job. Yeah. Um, but you know, so, in the so, black so, community. So, in fields, so what, wait, let me, let, me, let me break it down even more. If you, if you uh, break it down by race, it's different. White women make a, make a lot more than black men. So yeah. I'm just saying, you, there, there are, there are ways yeah, to average, that. Yeah, on average, yeah. Yeah, so what I'm saying yeah, is that, yeah, you know, exactly. there are a lot, you can't make a blanketed just statement. You have, there are so many ways. I mean, things change. It depends but what on he's how, saying what is true, though, but it's misleading. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, if you take the whole mm-hmm. aggregate, it's true what he's saying. It's like 77 cents on a But like what Vita was saying, you have to break that metric down into categories. So like I said, when you adjust the age, when you adjust the martial status, career choice, all of these, you just get completely different numbers. Even if you adjust the but you, I mean, because yeah, in Washington, D.C., women make 98 cents like for every at, dollar a man gender, Looking at the gender pay, but this is the thing, though. Looking at solely the gender pay gap, to me, does not give you a bigger, does not give you the real picture of what poverty looks like and low income. The fact matter is this. Single moms are the poorest. Black single moms are the yes. poorest. So, I'm just yeah, saying, you have, there are so many things you have to look at. If you're a single mom and you have a working class job, your 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 make you your your uh what is it your your wealth what I can't think of the actual thing I want to say it's your wealth your wealth goes down like you don't have as much money basically you're you're yeah I mean but 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 in general but in general in general black women are are generally better employed than black men they're better in fact there's a study that there's a there's a study that says even though we're maybe better employed, if I have the link to it, 
um, I can actually posted them in the chat room, that even if we're better employed, we have more businesses, we're still the poorest. Even though yeah, we're, black women. Said, we're still the poorest. We work, in fact, we're, we're, we're uh, highly represented in the labor force, and we're still the poorest. Because, yeah, there's no, a, because there's a ceiling on how high women are allowed to to grow. Like I mean, yeah, then, you guys can be better employed. That that, yeah. that you guys can be better employed on the lower level. But yeah. if you're blocked, and then you know men are allowed to go on to super high levels where they make you know massive amounts of money. You know, a yeah. hundred of you yeah. can't match one of them. So yeah, but, yeah. yeah, black, but men, black men aren't that allowed to poison. ascend to these high levels. You see what I'm saying? Like black yeah, men definitely, definitely. They are more so than women are. De- definitely less wow. than white <laughs> men. Definitely less than white men, but I'm pretty sure more than black females. Significantly. Yeah, it is more than black females. I mean, that's, that's, that's going to change because black women get a larger share of the degrees. So women in general, the whole nature of gender pay gap over the next 30 years is projected to switch anyway just because of the – the economy for one, and two, that women get larger and larger proportions. But even of if that's true, will changing. that be true for women of color? Even if that's true, will yes, that be absolutely. true? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I doubt it. Women, yeah. women the dominate yeah. the retail landscape. Like, like, like the normal but average like job, said, even, more women have those jobs than men. Like, you can walk into any bank. 70% of black males drop out of college. It's one dude. It's one dude in the bank, and it's 25 females there. You know what I'm saying? So, so women, women, hold up, women, women typically get more lower to to middle management type of positions. You know what I'm saying? Now, those those upper management That's positions, changing, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. But typically, that's what has like pretty much the piece of the pie that's been carved out for black women is is in largely lower management. Yeah, listen, listen that's true. And not enough sciences. Like the higher paying fields, women are severely underrepresented across all. Like I mean, yeah, because, severely, because like less than ten percent type shit. Yeah, but women don't want to be be engineers. They want to be you know broadcasters and, and journalists. That's a problem. And I think we should be encouraging like girls. And, and you, you know why that is? Because we don't encourage girls to go into those fields. We encourage girls to be exactly. pretty and push bar and, and and play with easy bake oven. We don't have, most of the toys exactly. are engineering. Most engineering toys and toys that you build and things like that, those are boy toys. They're they're colors that are considered masculine. They they don't have female characters or anything like that. Whereas I mean now there's well, like a thing uh, because of that there are uh, there, there are like these women who have come up with these toys that are opposite of that like Lego sets for girls or something. But the point is when we were coming up. Yeah, I mean, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I know, I know plenty. You know what I'm saying? I, like me, I know, I know plenty of, of 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 female engineers, but I went to Georgia Tech. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. which is pretty much an, an an engineering school. So every chick that was there was 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 trying to be an engineer. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? But they they, they represent an extreme minority though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I, I know that. That's what I'm thinking. Like, 
I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out what the point was. Like definitely, like you said, you're, you're t- you you found a location where they all exist, and you're saying, "Well, I know a bunch of them." I don't. I'm trying to figure I out mean, what exactly the point. Encouraging women to be engineers. It 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 sounds good in theory, and it's not like there aren't programs out there that's that's pushing it. It but, sounds I mean, good in theory. That's what you just said. It sounds good in theory. Yes, it sounds well, good in theory. Well, I'm an engineer by trade. Like, I'm an engineer by trade. Um, that's what I do for a living. So from my perspective, looking at the whole science in general, because my old lady's in medical school, right, and her three friends, they got a newspaper for all three of them. They're all black ladies getting into medical school together. So we're have a science household. The overwhelming majority of women want to help people. So the social services are dominated by women because that is considered a feminine trait. But female engineers, and I'm a part of Nesby too, like I think, what, 4% of the degrees that are awarded every year in engineering and women represent less than 5% of those degrees. That's, but they're 50% of the population. That's horrendous. You know what I'm saying? So right. So, yeah. You know, exist, they're nowhere near as effective as they probably should be. You know, there's a, women, like, uh, of all the patents filed in the U.S., only uh, 7% of them are filed by women. 90, yeah. I think it's like 93% of all patents in the U.S. are filed by men. Isn't that crazy? That's true. That is I mean, crazy. But, but, but I feel like men have more of more a bigger entrepreneurial spirit than, than women do in general. No. Okay, can I just say, I think a lot of the times in spaces and whether it's organizational or whether it's scientific, women get overshadowed, especially women of color. Like, right. I, I wonder, and I really, really do think this is a thing, if, like, a lot of the times men take credit for what women do. So, like, I wonder well, that- if all of these, like, Men are like working with a bunch of like really smart women um, who are like working on these projects, and then they're like, "Oh, that's a really good pal. Let me go put that first. You know what I mean? Let me go put it in my name." Like, I also wonder if it's like who's who's really taking credit for all of this, like um, all of the engineering that's happening, all of the breakthroughs. It's men. It's not. It's not women. To be fair, looking at both sides, it's definitely not women. But I, I disagree with the fact that women don't have an entre- entrepreneurial spirit. I, I, I didn't say they did. I said like men them. have a bigger. I said men have a bigger entrepreneurial spirit. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. I know, I know that. I'm saying I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that it's a difference. I don't think that it's a difference. It's not a difference in, in, in volume between what men and women have according to what the data is. But the things that are in most demand and usable by society, men tend to gravitate more. That's your cars. That's your bridges, that's your things of that nature. Because even today, and why is that? You know, this is my problem with because what you're it's socialization. This is, wait, it's hold, socialization. Hold, 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 hold. This is the that's problem the with what I'm having. Hold on, listen. This is the problem with what I'm having with what you're saying. But you're talking about socialized things as though this is some type of natural occurrence. This is not a natural yeah. occurrence. That's the problem. I didn't say it was. But what I'm saying is that if you, if you, you can't, I'm, this is the point. You can't act like this is a natural occurrence. This is not a natural occurrence. It's a socialized but who situation. Said that? That's the problem. Girls are not encouraged. To Socialization go isn't na- isn't natural by definition. Like girls aren't encouraged to do things. That's the point that I'm making. Even today, like women have free reign to choose whatever majors that they want to, and they're not choosing these things. And the reason why yeah. they're not is because they're not encouraged to. That's the whole point that okay. I'm making. 
Okay, I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Because you can women women make up. I think as of today, women get fifty six percent of all degrees awarded in the country, but yet still they not on any patents. Look at Silicon Valley. How many of them are women owned? But how many women this year could have computer science but did not? You know what I'm saying? How many women could have made an app but didn't? You know what I'm saying? So there's there's a, a choice let, let me, a huge um, factor in here. I have some numbers, and this is specifically about black women. Um, and it, this is uh, this is an article I posted in the chat room. Um, it says here that um, this is about black women. They are also very entrepreneurial, starting businesses at six times the national average, and representing the fastest mm-hmm. growing segment of women-owned mm-hmm. businesses. Black women own more than exactly. one million firm. Yeah. Listen, listen. Oh, that's black women. I feel, like in the back, I feel like you're in the background going, hey, man, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> black women own more than one million firms, employ 272,000 people other than themselves, and generate an estimated four point, I mean, $44.9 in revenue. But mm-hmm. even as they've been working harder on their educations and starting more businesses, black women aren't higher returns, while women working full-time on average make 77% of what men make, black women make 64% of what white men make. In 2010, 2010, single black women's median wealth or income and assets minus obligations was just $100, compared to single white women's $41,000 I'm sorry, yeah, $41,500. I believe that's what this says. That, makes, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Uh, but but uh, black women. Half, but, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Almost half, talking about black women, almost half have had zero or negative wealth. Even though they participate mm-hmm. in the workforce at elevated rates, they are stuck in low-paying work. They are more likely mm-hmm. than any group in America to work for poverty-level wages, thereby making them the most mm-hmm. likely of all Americans to be among the working poor. This is from the report. They also high unemployment rates with a 9.9% rate compared to 5.1% for white women. Just wanted to put those numbers out there for you guys. Well, that makes, one, they, they make perfect oh, sense. Okay, for one, huh? black women are a total different breed of women than white women what? and Asian women. You know what I'm saying? Um, what? How so? What? How so? I... How so? What? Yeah, how so? When you, say, when you say, do you mean breed or do you mean like their experiences are different? Because that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. Their, their, experience are, their experiences are different, which drives them to do different things than every other woman. Okay, that's a total different They're a different breed. That's how, just uh, to let you know, yes. that's why people, that's why, that's why you got the, uh, you didn't know this, but you got side-eyed by, by a few of us. So. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was looking like, yeah. oh, snap, what is this, what is he saying? Oh, but, I, but that's clear. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, it's just, I, and, and just, and just so, I'm, I'm not even going to say nothing. If she chooses to say something, I'll let her. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Their, their experiences cause them to, to be more independent and more entrepreneurial than any other woman on the planet because of what, what, because of what <laughs> yeah, the, that's the a, black that's people in general great, have, been, have been through. Yeah, but uh, we, we don't have a monopoly on struggle. Let's just put that out there. 
I know we don't have I know we don't have a monopoly on struggle, but our struggles aren't everybody else's struggles. I just say that. Okay, so see, the thing, I think I think I think that the issue we're having, I think it's your word choice is confusing us. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think the breed I, I comment just, that that kind of threw us yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> right. So maybe I think it's just maybe we're not understanding your. It, it just maybe just a, your word choice is a little like we're like, huh? I mean, know, it's it's hyperbole a lot. I don't see any difference between black women and others. I only see that because black American culture is the subculture of American culture, larger trends that affect the populace as a whole affects us more strongly. Like, for example, all women are becoming more independent over time, but that has greater implications to people who are on the bottom of the economic totem pole because they need it economically, for example, which is a major problem between the feminist movement. That was the main risk between feminism and feminism as a whole, for example. Right. So with black women to open up all these businesses and things of that nature, the thing is the choice and what they're make, get, getting these businesses in, that has to change. That's the problem. Black women don't have any problem with workforce participation or anything like that starting business. They never have. That's never been true. But what they choose to get these businesses in, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that, Who starts it, the but that goes back to socialization, though. Right. That goes back exactly. to socialization, though. Again, like yeah, it all goes back true. to socialization because it's yeah, like what they're told they're supposed to do, what they're supposed to, what they're told they're supposed to represent things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? Because you're told to open up a hair salon. Because you're told to open up a hair salon. I mean, let's just keep it real. Or a club, <laughs> you know or, 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 or a life, or we're, something we're like that. Going, we're not encouraged to go invent some shit. We're told go you become a nurse. That's a nurse, a teacher, and an open or a hair. Open, open and not hair. even a nurse. Right? Or go to beauty school. I'm just telling well, you. Well, you 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 told to in, you're told to invent stuff. You're told to invent hair products. That's what you're right. told to invent because you're <laughs> right. you're told to stay in your lane, and that's what you guys do because you either right. do that or you use the product so you can look pretty in front of a camera. That's what everybody right. tells right. you. Guys, like hey, like hey, women, hey, you got to hey, keep hey, marriage hey. in it. You know, listen, black women's income is lower. I'm going to have to meet everybody. Hold on, guys. I'm running out of time. Um, there's four minutes left. Oh, in, yeah, there's four minutes left in the live podcast. <laughs> What's funny is I actually only planned to do this for like an hour and a half, but then y'all got all interesting and then y'all excited. <laughs> and I, and I, got to re, I got to read all this damn research I done did. Um, so I, got, I got half. Wait. But, um, there's four minutes left. And probably actually it's three minutes now. And uh, I want to give everyone, because everyone was so nice to participate, and everyone was, you know, I want to give everyone a chance to kind of, you know, say where people can find, if they want to be found, or they can just give a shout-out. You know, if you want to put your Facebook, your Twitter, give a shout-out to your homies, whatever you want to do, um, you got about, you know, I'm going to give you about five to ten seconds to do that. So let's start off with Claudia. Claudia, you want to give a, a shout-out or say something, close out? Uh yeah, you can find me on Facebook dot com slash the Claudia Chen. I don't I don't have a website. But <laughs> shout out, <laughs> shout out thank to you, Claudia. Me, I guess. So it's Facebook dot com slash Facebook dot com slash Claudia Chen or the Claudia Chen. The Claudia Chen. The, <laughs> the, I'm not the name of it. I will I will I will laugh at you in your Facebook inbox. Steve, you want to go ahead? <laughs> And, um, For sure. 
Yeah, get tell people where we can right. find you. Shout out to your nonprofit yep. too. I love you guys. Oh, thank you. Uh, yes, Steve Vasquez. Uh, you can check me out on Facebook, uh, facebook.com/steve.vasquez.jr. Um, and Cooking with Gabby is our nonprofit. Uh, check us out, cookingwithgabby.org. Gabby spelled with two Bs. And I wanted to clear something up. My the the statistic I threw out about three percent. Uh, uh, 3% or 7%, I'm sorry, it was actually 5.5% of patents. That's what women women patents, 5.5% of commercialized. So it's even less. So it's so even, less. even less. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot um, but for yes. just making it sadder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to give Curtis a chance. Curtis, do you want to go ahead and say something where people can find you or give us five seconds of your last words? Sure. Um, yeah, um, you can find me by my name, uh, Curtis Maples, like the syrup, M-A-P-O-E-S. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, connect with me, let's network, and I'm on Twitter. So, and I use my name on Twitter, so you can find me that way. Um, it's a good flow. I always love talking with you guys, things of that nature. And uh, teach your daughters to be astronauts. Do me that one favor, and uh, we, we cool. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Curtis. Reese, real quick, you, I literally have like three seconds. Curtis took all your time. Uh, I- I don't have anything. I don't have anything that I want to throw out. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bruce. Real Realityisreal.com. Realityisreal.com. Real Radio on iTunes. Search that. We got the, the podcast. Um, we're going to put the joint on the website today. And um, at B-R-I-L-L-Y-A-N-C-E on Twitter. All right, thanks, everybody. We're going out in the next 20 seconds, so let me make this quick. I'm going to give a special thanks to everyone who joined me today, um, Claudia and Steve. Thank you for volunteering to share your personal stories with us. Um, thank big you. Shout out to Kim. Uh, thank you, Kim, Bethana, and Black Thinkers Radio. And shout out to Grand Unified Theory and Black Skeptics LA. Uh, good night, everybody. Have a good one. Good night. Mr. President, and every government official out there claiming democracy all around the world. This is for you. They say we live in an age where no racism exists, and people are treated fairly because we darken the president, but I don't see it. We lack freedom hanging on the president's Bible thumping and fighting like the answer is an exodus, burning Quran, overfeeding Buddha, slapping Vishnu, praying to a god. You say God, I say which dude? It's a mixed crew, not disrespecting, trying to fix you. Fixated on the antiquated way of living Telling gays to get straight Stay oppressing all the women When your mind is locked inside a cage Religion is a prison And the world is like a prison Full of colors that we live in Who's the sinner? Sitting high upon a horse that's named division That you're beating after death Now you're refusing to listen My conclusion is I'm frustrated Struggling with the pain Cause this so-called civilized society is lame So I'm asking everybody Where the hell is all the change? Tell me No more war we will live in free, liberty for all, but it never came, no more war. We will live in free, liberty for all, but it never came. There will remain nameless. 
Faceless and hide a giant murder for capital five bullets to riders. Lies speak for the people supplying drugs to the mindless masses. Disaster strike while crime rates are rising in the inner city. Violence is the way of life. I pity them. Projects are made full of mice taking witty steps. Hunted by the lions while they're blinded by the kitty's breath. Living on the run or you die. I say give me death. It's like a predatory game on the food chain. Who do you claim? Carnival over fruit stain. Everything's the same from a gang to a terrorist. Military gain. Halliburton down the Merrill Lynch. Wall Street, think it's so sweet? Check the stats in. We can lay down, take a close mind and nap all. We can stand up, make a change, take some action. Break the factions, down the fractions and half them. Yeah. No more war. We will live in free. Liberty for all. But it never came. No more war. We will live in free. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 